0: From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Wednesday, October 20th. The National Park Service is currently drafting a pilot timed entry system for Arches. Right now, staff says they're targeting reservations for Arches National Park from April through October, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m.
1: We're not talking about reserving every hour of every day of the year. This is really trying to get targeted at those times where we're diminishing the visitor experience.
0: Intermountain Public Affairs Chief Marco de DeLeon in a presentation to the Grand County Commission last night, visitation to Arches National Park has ballooned 66 percent over a decade. Just under a million visitors were using park roads and trails in 2009. Well over 1.6 million were on those same roads and trails by 2019. In their most recent visitor use study, DeLeon says they asked visitors how crowded is too crowded at Arches National Park? At what point should the park service intervene? How
1: crowded is so crowded that it really kind of puts you off and you think you wouldn't want to visit, right? And what we found was in some of those peak times, again, early morning, late afternoon, in those peak locations, Delicate Arch, Devil's Garden and Windows, that we were exceeding that threshold that was established. And so what this shows us is that, in theory, the visitor experience is being diminished.
0: When trailhead lots at Arches are full, staff controls congestion inside the park by shutting the entrance gate, sometimes for up to two to three hours per day. They usually tell visitors stopped at the gate to try again later. Since Labor Day this year, staff says Arches has consistently closed its entrance gate between the hours of 8 and 10 a.m. Reservations would guarantee visitors can enter the park at specific times without the risk of being told they have to try again later. DeLeon says there are still questions to answer about what the system will look like.
1: Not all timed entry systems are created alike. And there's certainly a great amount of flexibility that is available to the National Park Service. And so some of the ideas that are being considered right now, how many, how much time do you provide visitors to make their reservations? So I'm thinking, you know, 30 days, 90 days, 120 days. Um, so folks can plan. And then similarly, do you release all of your reservations at once? Or do you reserve some uh, sort of like a 48 hour window, 24 hour window in advance?
0: Right now, he says the Park Service is considering releasing some reservation slots well in advance and releasing others 24 hours ahead.
1: You know, we're finding that there is a lot of value in retaining some of those reservations for a 24-hour before. So that if I'm a visitor coming to a hotel in Moab and I, you know, I didn't really plan, I'm from Denver, and I took my family on a road trip for the weekend. I, as sort of someone who didn't plan, still have the opportunity to compete for a reservation.
0: But if that spontaneous road trip visitor doesn't get their Arches reservation, De Leon says they can always go to the park before 6 a.m. or after 6 p.m., reservation free. During his presentation, he stressed that this pilot timed entry system will be just that a pilot. National Park Service staff will be gathering data and soliciting comments throughout the rollout next year.
1: If it's a complete bust and it doesn't work for Moab, again, it's, it's great that we get that information and we'll see how we move forward. You know, if it's too painful, we can walk away. If it's something that's super successful, I think we can only, we can only tweak it and make it stronger and, and get more folks
0: on board. Park Service staff will be fine-tuning the framework of a pilot-timed entry system at Arches National Park in the coming weeks and months. They are hoping to launch it in April 2022. Find more information about congestion and visitor use studies at Arches in the show notes of today's news on our website and podcast. The crew at Moab's UMTR project is celebrating the removal of 12 million tons of uranium waste from the banks of the Colorado River. They reached the 12 million ton milestone last week. Federal cleanup director Russell McAllister credits the hard work of the crew.
1: We moved a million tons in 12 months, and that's been the most that the project has moved since 2012 when Recovery Act money was running two shifts. So that's a huge accomplishment for the, the crew out here.
0: Right now, County Commission Chair Mary McGann says the project is on track to fully remove mill tailings and other contaminated materials by 2025. We only have one, two,
1: three,
2: four more million tons to go. Sounds like a lot, million tons, but uh, Russell's hoping that we can even move more than a million next year, so we're very happy.
0: The waste is a holdover from Moab's uranium industry. At its peak, a mill at the site was processing an average of 1,400 tons of ore per day. The Department of Energy began relocating uranium tailings in April 2009, roughly two decades after the mill's owner declared bankruptcy. The Moab-Umtra crew loads uranium waste onto shipping containers, moving them north by rail to a disposal site in Crescent Junction. Cleanup Director McAllister says they will release a video this week to celebrate the 12 million milestone. That video will feature U.S. Senator Mitt Romney and Representative John Curtis. Vice President Kamala Harris visited Lake Mead on Monday. She surveyed drought conditions and made a case for the Biden administration's infrastructure plans. KUNC's Alex Hager has more.
1: Water levels in the nation's largest reservoir are at an all-time low, threatening supplies for millions of people. Harris pitched the infrastructure plan and the Build Back Better agenda as a way to invest in water reuse, desalination, and the rollout of drought contingency plans.
2: This is about thinking ahead, recognizing where we are and where we're headed. If we don't address these issues with a sense of urgency, understanding this is literally about life.
1: The first ever mandatory cutbacks for some Colorado River water users go into effect in January, and the latest forecasts for Lake Mead show that more are likely on the way. I'm Alex Hager.
0: The Biden administration announced new regulations for PFAS, which are human-made chemicals that stick around for a very long time. They can also cause health problems, and they're found across the region. The Mountain West News Bureau's Maggie Mullen reports.
2: These chemicals are used in a wide range of products, from rain jackets to firefighting foam. Across the country, around 120,000 industrial facilities may be handling PFAS, About one-six of those are in Colorado alone, and most are with the oil and gas industry. That's according to EPA documents released by the organization Public Employees for Environmental Responsibility. Part of Biden's new PFAS roadmap includes a national testing strategy to keep them out of drinking water. Monica Mercola is with the Environmental Organization. She says that won't be enough to protect human health. And this is the government's job. And to be blunt, you know, the government is failing us. Across our region, the documents show around 24,000 facilities that may be handling the chemicals. For the Mountain West News Bureau, I'm Maggie Mullen. And that's the
0: KZMU News for Wednesday, October 20th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.